Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Your window is still not great, but what if everything was super? Well, that's the case here on the Everything is Super podcast, where we're talking about all sorts of superhero shenanigans, currently focusing on Marvel's What If, the Disney Plus animated series. I'm Josh Wiggler, and I am joined here by a man who, what if he had uh, lost his hands instead of his heart long ago? Kevin Mahadeo. Kevin, how you doing, you heartless bastard? Yeah, I was going to say, that's. That, I feel like that's impossible because I've never had a heart, so I don't know oh, yeah. if I've had one to lose, Josh. Yeah, what is it that fills the void, Kevin? Um, Hate. It's, yeah. it's a real powerful motivator. I'm like a hate engine, I feel like. Just <laughs> trolly hate engine. <laughs> oh, my God. A trolly hate engine? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. Just Isn't like, it a trolley hate engine? No, trolley, trolley, uh, definitely trolley. It's it's like little, like you know that like little gnome that came out of the ground in this episode. Yes, it's just a I bunch do. of those inside me, just like pulling gears and levers where my heart should be. Oh my god! All right, so we're gonna talk about what if we are also going to begin our Shang Chi coverage. It's another Marvel Studios movie uh, here in 2021. We are officially in the cinematic side of the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 4 as Shang-Chi arrives in theaters. It is in theaters as uh, you are listening to this. Um, if it is uh, safe for you to do so, it is out there in theaters and it will only be in theaters until, what, I think it's like a 40, 45-day window before it hits Disney+. Plus. So help me God, I'm going to go see it. I'm going to go see it. Uh, Kevin and I are going to talk about it after we've talked about what if we will do it in a spoiler-free lens because by the time we're talking about it, Kevin and I will not have seen it yet. So that is what we're going to do. A little bit of a Shang-Chi preview that hopefully isn't terribly antiquated by the time you are listening to this and have watched the movie. So what if and then Shang-Chi on the menu this week on Everything is Super. Let's get into all of it. Um, first of all, Kevin, how you doing? Just generally, life-wise. Oh. I'm fine, fine, living, surviving as best Doing as we better can. better than these. this alternate Doctor Strange seems to be. 
Uh, yeah, mostly. Although, you know, considering the state of the world, as we always talking about, maybe I do need to absorb the powers of some extra dimensional beings in order to like change reality. God, I hope this isn't an unchangeable point. That would be really depressing. Oh yeah. An absolute point. I don't want to think about what the absolute points are on our timeline, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's for a, a different, more depressing conversation. That's for our patrons. We can talk about that. In the yeah. Show recaps, patron discord. Hey, it's the start of a new month. This is the perfect time. You've been waiting for it, right? Start of the month, patreon.com slash recaps. You get exclusive podcasts at that first tier. You can get the Discord at the second tier. Uh, you can get merch at that uh, at that third tier. We uh, just announced, Kevin, we are doing a sticker of the month club uh, for the Post Show Recaps patrons at that, uh, at that third tier uh, that is beginning this month. But everybody gets a sticker. If you sign up for the Post Show Recaps patron program right now, uh, in, fra- in fact, just if you sign up ever at this point, you get a welcome sticker. It's a really cool thing. It's the Post Show Recaps logo. You want some of that? You want that swag? Come join us. Post you want Recaps. that? You need that? <laughs> yeah, if you want that, you need that. If you want to help support Kevin and I and all the other great podcasters on this network, we would love to have you. This is the perfect time to hop on in. It's the start of a month. It's always the best time to hop in on the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Post Show Recaps. That's the sell this week Um, how much until we get a sticker of my face that's what i want to know are you uh interested in us putting out a sticker of your face oh god that'd be so horrifying at the same time kind of that'd be really funny (laughs) yeah i think that that's arrangeable i mean we're doing a monthly sticker club we're inevitably going to be doing stickers about all of the individual podcasts so the everything is super sticker is like at least it's like months away probably but not many months away so we should probably talk about it maybe throw it to a vote what should the everything is super sticker look like should it just be daredevil's arms uh i was gonna say like let's throw it way back and do uh, you and me avocados at law but now you brought up goddamn charlie cox's arms and i don't want that anymore daredevil's arms <laughs> as a sticker it's one of the it? it's one of the worst things about the internet for me someone right looks now at, daredevil's someone, arms someone looks at that sticker they go what is that and i say that's daredevil's arms don't you know mm. that's daredevil's mm-hmm. arms we counted the individual arm uh, arm hairs and everything. It's him. It is he. It is he. Uh, it's a great time to sign up. Next month is the one-year anniversary of the Post Show Recaps Patron Program. We're going to have some really fun stuff uh, coming your way. And if you want a sneak peek at the things that you get uh, in the Post Show Recaps Patron Podcast feed, Kevin Mahadeo, you just uh, uh, unleashed the host uh, on people, which was a special episode of the YA Podcast. Uh, that you and Melissa Woodward, not Woodwarioed, this time I say it right. Uh, you got it right. <laughs> put out uh, this time. And uh, you also, the two of you, are releasing um, your Hunger Games uh, first podcast. is going to be in the main feed as well as you guys are embarking in, right. uh, on Hunger Games territory. So there's a lot of really, really fun stuff that's happening in that podcast feed. Right now, uh, the odds are in our favor to get yeah. more <laughs> signups because it'd be great to check out YA. It's a blast. We're really looking forward for the rest of that series as well and going into the rest of the Hunger Games. Oh, yeah. Uh, we've got uh, really fun things are, are in the mix for, for that specific podcast. So if you love Kevin, which I know you do, you want to check out that podcast. So uh, that's The Cell. Let's talk about What If before we talk Shang-Chi. We're talking about what if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? And that's not just me like posing a hypothetical. That's the title of this episode of television the title of this episode of television is 
What if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? Uh, Kevin, I want to just like be upfront uh, with the fact that right out the gate, I loved this episode. I'm oh really, wow, okay. I'm, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really really cool premise. I think I, I have like I have like a fairly big issue with it, um, but I really I really enjoyed what they did here. Um, but my God, uh, what if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? It's just an awful name for an episode of television. It, it, <laughs> it is as a, a, it as, is a, a as a premise. It's cute and it yeah, gets you, and it gets you into like the episode and the tone and everything like that. But man, as a name of a thing, that is clunky. It is it is a bit wordy, right? And especially because it's a metaphorical heart, not like a literal heart. Which I thought for a second, and I'm like, are we going Iron Man? Yeah. But I don't. This might be my least favorite episode that we've had so far. I had a few issues with it um overall i mean i liked it i think it i honestly like having everyone in the cast back from you know benedict cumberbatch to rachel mcadams to benedict wong to tilda i was very excited to to, yes. to, to, to get tilda again um but there was just a lot of small issues in this for me um mainly from like a story perspective but also from like a bigger perspective that traces back to like our original conversations about the doctor strange movie mm. um and i think a lot of that is is tied into like why i wasn't maybe as high on this episode as i have been for previous ones um but l i want to hear you talk about it before i drag everything down <laughs> um yeah i i really liked this one and uh if you're a long time everything is super listener then you do know that like i'm not like the biggest fan of the doctor strange movie and i don't even really like supremely love benedict Cumberbatch hey. as doctor strange um until infinity war like i think infinity war and the use of him there in an endgame is 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 great um, 100 percent agree but sometimes, like, he just does not really click for me, and he really doesn't super click for me in most of his solo movie, um, which is, you know, uh, not great Bob. Uh, could be better. Um, so, like, there was – were there, like, aspects of that? Were there, like, some sort of, like, some element of, like, flashbacky stuff with watching this where I'm, like, you're taking me back to a movie that I don't really want to relitigate too hard? Um at first, yes. And, like, my big problem with this, the like, the, the overriding problem is that, like, this hero who uh, is, you know, at least, like, one of, like, the lion's share, I think, responsibility players for um, undoing the snap, right? Like, by, like, giving, like, Iron Man the push in the right direction of, like, this is what needs to be done in order to save everything, that this incredibly, like, mythic hero has this horrible heel turn that turns him into this world-ending villain, um, stems from his love for a character that he didn't seem to give two shits about in Doctor Strange the movie. And um, there and is, is one a, of my it, biggest problems. And that, and that, and that to me, is like a, it's a significant issue, uh, for sure. It's I massive. Think, I think the, uh, that, the, that the Rachel McAdams character, Christine... Um, they like, and I love Rachel McAdams. I know you do as well, Kevin. Um, yeah, she's and, always playing time travelers, uh, a yeah. tra time travelers' wife, including in this as, as no, well. This is her fifth time now. No, no different. Um, I I think that she was like utterly 
wasted. It, like she was like a useless character in um, the initial Doctor Strange movie. And I think, like, even in just, like, the scenes that we get of her repeatedly dying in this, like, she is, like, a vastly better character than the character in the, in, in the movie. And, like, it's great to see, like, the actual character to some extent here. Did she have a character? That's my follow-up question, but, though, like, but even like, in this. But, like, the, but the biggest thing is, like, I don't know, this is what Doctor Strange breaks bad over is, like, a character who in the initial movie, like, he just, like, did, like, he could not have cared less. The movie really doesn't sell it at all. So it's it was a little bit hard for me to get in with the premise at first, Kevin. Um, but the but but I think that, like, sort of, like, the cinematic qualities uh, started pushing me. Like, this one felt like, I think that this one felt the most to me like a short film um of yeah i can agree with that for sure uh and like it had like uh, it was a real roller coaster like the once he like decides to start time traveling and like that like he can't like stop uh like he can't save her it's this fixed point in time and like the the strings are literally just like soaring and like really making you feel the loss like it was through that that i felt the emotional connection between strange and christine um and like that's where i start to buy into it but the initial hook, like, was a real significant barrier uh, to entry for me. Yeah, it's, I mean, it was a barrier of entry, and it kind of, unfortunately, carried through for a lot of the episode for me, because it is one of those things where the entire episode hinges on us caring about a relationship that the movie didn't even care to, to, to do anything with. Um, they're telling us that this is this big love of his life and all this other stuff, and we really don't, we never felt that in the movie because in the movie they were already pretty much broken up. And in the episode, we don't really get to see a lot of it because she just keeps dying over and over in the same spot. So we lose that to me, that, that hook, that, that motivation isn't really there because it was never built. And that's like a big problem to me. Um, and it made the episode a difficult, uh, drive in terms of, like you said, breaking bad over, I think, you know, and this is pretty typical of me to play, like, armchair editor slash writer, but I'm going to keep doing it. Because um, I feel like when this episode started off, I actually thought, knowing that they're going to be a Marvel Zombies episode, I thought this was it. And I got excited about that fact, because I thought we were going to get a situation where he keeps trying to change the point in time, and he realizes he can't. The, the you know, the Ancient One says, like, hey, no, you can't ch change this fixed point. And so what he decides to do is like, fine, I won't uh, change her dying, but I will bring her back. And that's when he like raises the dead and it's just like, oh no, whoops. And then he creates the zombie world. And the premise isn't no longer rooted in this idea of like, he's just desperately trying to bring back this character that we, the viewers, don't really care that much about. Uh, or the relationship, rather, the, that we, the viewers, don't care that much about. And instead becomes the accidental launch of a zombie universe. I think that's one route they could have gone to fix that issue. The other thing for me, I will say, Josh, is that the, like you said, the Breaking Bad part doesn't click. Not just because this isn't a relationship we care about, but because the character we know, it doesn't fit. Because the idea of what if Doctor Strange loses his heart instead of his hands, right? The reason Doctor Strange goes from being like this arrogant a-hole to the hero we see is because he loses his hands. He loses the thing that made him this like incredible doctor. So he became 
the, uh, this other person, the Sorcerer Supreme. In this world that we're presented with, he doesn't have that arrogance because it looks like their relationship is still solid because they're going to this event together, which never happened in the movie. We're introduced to what is essentially a happier Dr. Strange, not the like grumpy Dr. House Sherlock esque version that we see in this movie. So how did this version become arrogant to the point of wanting to reverse time? That character trait wasn't exhibited in what we were presented. So, like, the logic of the character arc doesn't make any sense to me because he should be that arrogant jerk if he's going to then be so arrogant as to break the rules well, because, like, but, he didn't lose his hands, right? Like, that's right. what should have happened, but that didn't happen. This is a different person who was happy, which isn't the arrogant jerk that we saw. It, it really collides in a way for me that doesn't gel. Right. Um, I, I, I hear that. So like, you know, like the, the key difference in his life being that like uh, in finding happiness, it turned him into a nightmare creature. Right. Like that is sort <laughs> of like that is like literally the premise of this episode is like by virtue of being like really happy in his life and losing that happiness and uh, living through that loss, that that is something that is worse than losing his skill his very particular set of skills that makes him a nightmare for people like you. Like Dormammu. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dormammu, yes. Uh, Liam Neeson as Doctor Strange. Uh, imagine that. Uh, that I, 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 hear that, I hear that critique. I mean, um, it was interesting to me that like the episode assumes that all of the Doctor Strange movie happens. Uh, that the whole movie yes. happens. but the <laughs> Everything thing, happened as it was. Which cracked me up because, like, so the thing that sends him to Carmitage and to learn magic is, like, not to repair his hands but to see if he could bring uh, Christine back to life. Um, but then he, like, he makes it to Dormammu who does all the stuff. I've come to bargain everything. So, like, the so like even the episode, Kevin, supposes that without Rachel McAdams, the entirety of the Doctor Strange movie would play exactly as the same movie. Like, Which is weird because there's a point in the movie where he visits Rachel McAdams, who correct. is a nurse, and has to get her help. Yeah, but it's a useless set of scenes in the film. It is absolutely which, useless and makes it makes it has no consequence whatsoever. Yeah, which is so, one of the scenes that they have to like help us establish Rachel McAdams, and it's useless. In the so, movie. so like, I don't know if this was like knowingly, like, yeah, we screwed this up, so we're gonna try and fix this, or if it was like a self-own, like an unintentional own goal uh, <laughs> of, of like, yeah, the movie can continue, like the. The events of the movie can basically persist exactly as is, even without Rachel McAdams. Um, I think I just do think that that was my initial hang-up. But I don't know. I think uh, just because like he found love doesn't mean he's not fundamentally still a jerk. Uh, I mean, like uh, I'm still a jerk. You know, like you're still a jerk, Kevin. Like these things, like you know, happy relationships, happy and healthy relationships, don't stop us from being who we are fundamentally. Uh, so I think yeah, I but can... we're not characters in in a story, right? Like, sure. th there are rules or like reality shifts that have to happen in storytelling in order for that stuff to work. And I, and I get what you're saying. Like, you could, I don't think it it's like something I, don't think I that could look past for sure. I don't think I don't think that it's like that huge of a leap. Like, I don't think I think like that he has like uh you know he has a, a happy relationship with Christine and he's like not doing like the Tony Stark playboy thing. Um, like is like. T like you know like cutting off one piece of doctor strange but not something that was like super fundamental to my understanding of the character you know like 
so that part isn't like the stretch for me. Just the part that was the stretch for me was like, uh, he didn't care about her at all. Like as, yeah. as, as per, as per the film. And like now she's his absolute everything. So like I, once I was able to like be good with that, then it was really, uh, I was really enthralled by the episode. I think like we're, you know, we're almost 20 minutes into this and like, I, it just, it should, it has to like last week, Kevin was like, what if all the Avengers died? Um, and yet that wasn't like a depressing episode. Like that was, this is a depressing episode. This is a dark episode. Like that was a spy thriller. That was a whodunit, right? Like you weren't ever like, you weren't ever like sort of like questioning your place in the cosmos and like, no, I don't think like when Hawkeye kills Thor, you're laughing for a second and this, you're just like, Oh God, it's so grim. You know, like I think, I think this a DC movie. This episode was like very affecting in that way of like, I think that this was the, that this was like the first, I don't know. I think that this was the first episode of what if, for me at least, and like, um, you know, everyone's POV is going to be different and what they, the life experiences and like uh, the situational experiences and the conditions in which you interact with the world are going to bring you to the table with something different. For me, I think that this is the one that like made me feel the most what ify, if that makes sense. No, that does make sense. And I think this is such a, this is such a standard in what if stories that I am glad that we got one of these that, Sometimes the worlds, in fact, most of the time, the worlds go really dark and like bad stuff happens. It doesn't always lead to like, the complete destruction of the world, but in a way that just leaves you with just like this sad feeling. And I think this really nailed it. I think the overall story, right? Like to your point, I can get past the part where it's like the character doesn't quite gel for me in, in his mannerisms. I have a really difficult time though getting past the part of caring about the relationship. But the actual conceit of the story, right? The idea of this like, dark sad reality of this like tragic ending of the watcher just being just like nope i can't interfere you right. of all people should understand that like messing around with time can like really cause bad repercussions yeah, i think watu was, really was brutal yeah. watu was savage at the end i would have been waiting for that like sh- like show up interact like i want to see mm-hmm. this uh and and I loved that. I that was that Same. was absolutely harsh. Uh, just yeah, like, that was like really cool, right? And I like the conceit of Groundhog Daying, the tragedy of the Groundhog Daying of trying to prevent a death that you can't, and it keeps happening over and over and over again. I thought that was really cool. I love the moment where he brings up that garden gnome and then absorbs him. I thought that was very funny. Um, but then it gets real creepy and real dark quick. Uh, and then he opens a gateway to that same tentacle monster that we saw in episode one. And now I'm like, yes. ooh, is that tentacle monster the connecting thread throughout the series? We're so, just going to see it appear every now and then. So uh, a couple of things that I think are worth digging into, but like sort of like the central point to uh, to like uh, thread it all through uh, is that this episode, I think, did some bridge building. Uh, like if we're trying to look at like, is there like a fabric that's connecting these episodes? I think this episode, uh, may have, may have done some work in that regard. Like is what if building towards something or are these all, you know, individual stories? Um, it could be like a little bit of why not both, right? Like I think that there could be like something that it, that it's building to. So that's like sort of like the grander point of breaking this down into two things, not unlike breaking Stephen Strange down into two different Stephen Stranges. Um, Strange eye. So one is, yeah, so we see the tentacle monster that Captain Carter pushes through the portal and uh, follows through. 
in um, in the in the Captain Carter episode. Uh, I believe there's a lot of momentum behind this. Is Shuma Goroff, uh, mm-hmm. who I'm probably botching the name on, who's like what, like an old one, right? Like just like yeah, sort like of an extra like... extra dimensional space, well, Cthulhu like creature, not Cthulhu, yes. but yeah, like H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, uh, type creature. Yeah, that so. I mainly knew from the fighting game Marvel vs. Capcom. Right. So is it in Marvel vs. Capcom? You could play mm-hmm. as this thing? Mm-hmm. It's, really? It's much smaller. Yeah, yeah. It's much smaller in the actual comics and stuff. Uh, that's wild. Uh, shout out to Josh Lemer, who I know is a huge Shumagorath stan, which is a hilarious that's thing. That's hilarious. Uh, yep. But jo- Josh, uh, great patron of Potion Recaps, is uh, a huge like fighting game fan, Like loves Mortal Kombat to death. Uh, so not a surprise to me that he's a big Marvel versus Capcom guy. Uh, and among the feedback that I have to pull from was uh, Josh at what I believe was like 3.30 in the morning, his time, just shouting into the <laughs> Discord, Shumagorath! Uh, <laughs> so like, th- so this thing exists, right? And so like, in addition to like potentially being something that What If itself is building towards, um, you know, this thing being like sort of a central monster from the multiverse uh, of Marvel, could it be mm-hmm. a central monster in the multiverse of madness? And especially as it's being connected to Dr. Strange specifically in this episode. So I think it's a thing to watch. I think it could be a thing that could be um, popping out by the end of, at the end of this first season, um, but could also potentially, this could be like, this episode could be like a really interesting thing to go back and examine after Dr. Strange too. Um, wouldn't be For surprised. Sure. Wouldn't be surprised if there's some stuff in here. The other thing was um, that this is the first time that somebody is breaking the fourth wall and, like, uh, dealing with Uatu directly, right? You know, like, this is our first time that we are seeing a character talk to Uatu and Uatu talk back. He's not just discussing this with us anymore. Um, And I don't know what your interpretation of the ending is, but, like, the show seems to suggest that... uh, Doctor Strange and the battle of the two Stranges, the good Strange loses, is absorbed into the bad Strange. The bad Strange wins, turns into this thing that makes Beast from Beauty and the Beast blush uh, in horror. uh, And uh, everything starts to melt away. Christine fades to nothing. The world uh, constricts uh, and he's like, uh, he's like uh, crystallized, right? Like he's like encased. Like I think like the implication is that the world has been destroyed but I certainly the universe read it, has been destroyed. Yeah, I certainly read it that like he's like still there. That like it it, it feels like uh, the evil Doctor Strange has been like encased in amber. I I read that as well. I didn't see it as the entire universe has has fought. Like the universe is destroyed, but he still stands. Right, he's the last remnant of a destroyed universe, which is kind of galactic in and of itself. Uh, which would be really funny if in the Fantastic Four movie that Matt's goes off, it's like, I am the Doctor Strange from this right. other world! It's like, what? Right. <laughs> um, right. But yeah, I definitely read that he was still alive, unfortunately now trapped and living with his, his mistakes for God knows how long. Right. So it makes me think that like his final thing was like bellowing into the heavens at Uatu and Uatu like reading him for filth. And being like, no one should have known more than you that this was a terrible thing to do, you big dumb idiot. So yeah, yeah you I'm idiot. Gonna, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna like squash you underfoot, but like leave you encased underneath like a cosmic styrofoam cup, and you'll never get to be free. 
And I feel like, Kevin, that like your your desire to see this evil Doctor Strange be responsible for bringing um, the Marvel zombies into the mix, I don't think that that's off the table. I think what this episode may have done is created a significantly dangerous vendetta between the evil Doctor Strange and the Watcher. Uh, like, I think that we could be revisiting this feud later on down the line. Uh, so those are the things. It's like, I can imagine the world where we see, like, Shuma Gorath come back, and especially if, like, uh, Shuma Gorath and Doctor Strange are one and the same uh, to, to some extent, um, and that that could be something that has been seeded throughout the, the four episodes so far, notably in two episodes, um, and now we have, like, somebody who has, like, uh, directly called out the watcher for being like a punk. Like you just watch you weird voyeur. Like you're supposed to do stuff. Help me. And he doesn't. And so what are the consequences that this dude's going to reap from that? I think that this stuff could reach some form of boiling point uh, by the end of the season. I think, I mean, I think it's possible. It all, for me, it's all always going to be execution. Cause what I really don't want is, is a super connected necessary you know, overarching story for something like this, because to me, the conceit is really what sells it about like these interesting stories about this chance to expand. I think also when you get into like, what is essentially like a crisis on the infinite earth slash giant multiversal crossover situation is where people get confused and aren't as much into the multiverse, you know, like comics and stories are so want to do that. And I'm always just like, just no, you don't have to do this giant ass crossover. That's where you start losing people. Um, so I, I kind of hope they don't, had that happen um but again there is a lot of potential there's a lot of things for this can spring out of especially knowing that there's gonna be dr strange in the multiverse of madness i think there is a potential for like tapping into some of the stuff we see which i do think would be cool depending on like again how they do that i think though my biggest thing about this episode and i don't know i i this was this was a problem in the Doctor Strange movie, and it sadly came to a bit of fruition here for me as well. I don't know if Doctor Strange is a character that can have his own movie. Um, we had this thing with the Incredible Hulk, right? Like, can the Hulk have his own movie, or is he better as, like, a side player? We talked about how we didn't really like Doctor Strange until Infinity War and Endgame, and I think part of it ties into like what that character is like and what makes him work well in those instances. It's like when you talk about the Hulk, the Hulk in his own movie is really difficult because the entire thing is the audience wants, I forgot who said this, but the entire thing is the audience wants him to become the monster, but he doesn't want to be. And so the thing we want, we don't really get. So we ne- like the fulfillment of the movie is holding back from what the audience is there to see. In a similar way, Doctor Strange, when we like him, it's because he's this intelligent, powerful dude who comes in like an Infinity War and is just like, okay, listen, this is a situation. Like he's he's informed, right? He's informed, but also an arrogant jerk. And that thing works really well for him. The problem is when you run your own movie and you're a star of your own movie, you cannot be informed because you have to go into journey. So you lo- he loses the thing that we like, which is the informed arrogance part of him, right? Like that personality quirk. And that sort of makes me concerned about the next movie because it is coming to my point of like, I don't know if this guy can carry his own films. He might just be a side character and like putting him in the main role might not be the best approach. Well, I also think, though, like this is sort of like how you have a movie called Beetlejuice and Beetlejuice is in it for like 
20 minutes, you know? Right, so like, right. <laughs> I kind of feel like that's that would be I, I so there's a there's a there's a relevant superhero example for this, I think, even though the movie does not yet exist. Uh and maybe never will, although like I think maybe did they do some casting? I don't know, whatever. Um for many years he has threatened to make this movie, to direct a film based on his own creation. Todd McFarlane wants to make a Spawn movie. Uh, right. And, and Spawn is, for those who don't know, who don't remember, uh, he's an Image Comics superhero created by uh, prolific comic Todd book McFarlane. Creator. I was going to say prolific comic book creator. Is that exactly how to, to, to describe him? I don't know. If he's prolific. Cool. Is he, like, still doing a ton? Or is no. he mostly, like, no. lording over from, like, his, like, throne of baseball cards and toys? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but either way, like, he's, like, for years, because, like, the movie that came out in the 90s, uh, which would be a hilarious thing to cover on Everything is Super someday, uh, is the Spawn movie with John Leguizamo as the clown. Yep. Uh, uh, which is amazing. And even Emily's like, oh, yeah, isn't he the Joker? It's like, no, he's the clown. No, Close he's the enough. clown. Yeah. Uh, he's like, a, he's Satan and the clown simultaneously. I just got a text from Emily Fox, by the way, that says in all caps, Spawn. Uh, <laughs> that like Todd McFarlane wants to make a Spawn movie where like you never really see Spawn, where Spawn exists in the shadows the entire time is like effectively the thing. And, like, I think that's missing the point, though, dude. I think, like, like, that's I think, what like, we're there I think, for. I think, like, that so it sounds interesting to me, but not with Todd McFarlane directing it, because that's what he says. Like, and I'm going to direct it, and I won't have anyone do the movie again unless I direct it. And it's like, yeah, no one's going to give you the money for that, man. That's why this movie hasn't happened yet. <laughs> uh, but I think that, like, having, like, a Doctor Strange movie where it's, like, built... I mean, there's the great Doctor Strange comic book that I feel like anytime Doctor Strange comes up, at least, like, I always want to go back to talking about which is the oath which mm -hmm. is um written by um it's written brian by k. brian k vaughn and who does the art on that i don't want to is I don't it marcos is I it marcos marcos martin i think that's correct yeah and they they would go on and have a bunch of really great comic book collaborations together um it's just excellent and if you're looking for an incredible doctor strange story like I'll, it's just such an easy thing to point to and i should expand my own doctor strange catalog but I just loved this comic book so much. And so much of it is filtered through Night Nurse. Um, yes. And it is Marcos is, Martin, yes. Who is like effectively, uh, you know, there. I, I think that uh, Christine, the Rachel McAdams character, is like a version of Night Nurse, but just like a bad version of, of Night Nurse. And so much of it is um, threaded through her perspective of like learning what Doctor Strange is all about. I think like that's an effective way to uh, to do that story is like, Doctor Strange is like the heavy and Doctor Strange is the titular character, but is not necessarily like the perspective character. I mean, one of the most famous episodes of Doctor Who, Blink, is an episode where the Doctor is barely in it. Like he's a presence that shows up every, you know, at certain points, but it, it is a story being told from someone else's perspective. And it could work for Doctor Strange. I think it could work for a character like Doctor Strange, where I do bump against is like a character like Spawn or Venom where it's just like, we're not going to give you the thing that you want to see. We're going to keep it a secret. It's just like, listen, I know CG is expensive, but we're here for one reason, and it's the CG monster. So I think it can work here. I think it can work in terms of like doing a story that is about someone interacting with the world of the strange and him being like this guy that shows up every now and then. Um, so that POV, like the POV character is the one who is uninformed, I think is really smart. 
And I think that really works. I think that is a great solve, Josh. Uh, so they should call you up and uh, get you on I'm board. I'm available. For the <laughs> I'm I'm for sure available. Uh, no, so I, I I think I think that that's the issue with Doctor Strange in in the movie is that like he like that character is supposed to know so much and like by the time that we see him in Infinity War and he's sorting through all of these possible scenarios and there's only the one where we win. Um, like that is just like a level of like cosmic insight and like universal and potentially multiversal insight that I think is really hard to have that character be the one who's leading the way. But I also don't think that it necessarily means that you can't make a movie about that character. I think you can. I think you could still have that guy be a central focus. I think it's just like it is like one of those cases where I think that that central focus almost needs to be at something of a frosty remove from us like craft a mystery around the fact that like we are trying to process what that character knows I think is a, a compelling way to tell the story um with that being said I think like another way to potentially fix that issue is something that I think that this episode does really well which is sort of like um uh there's like the great video game shadows of the colossus where like you know Love that, that game you know that things are wrong before like the play like you the player knows that things are wrong before the character does kind of deal mm-hmm. and I felt that through this where like I, I like, I mean, we all know, like, no, dude, don't keep going into the house. Like, stop. No, this is bad. We, you don't want it. You don't want any of this. None of us want this. Uh, and like watching, uh, watching that happen, like that slow bleed of like disastrous decision making, I think was another way of like having a compelling narrative around this character is like, it is like the Heisenbergian thing, I guess, right? That like he is breaking bad. I think it's like kind of like a compelling idea around such an all-powerful character who you otherwise really, really like. Um, I do think that that worked for me as a narrative hook. And then bringing in like the tried and true version, like the good guy, Doctor Strange, sort of like the vanilla flavor, if you will, uh, and have having him show up really, really late into the proceedings. That was a way to like make it work. I don't know. I thought that this episode was uh vastly superior to the Doctor Strange movie. I don't know if that's uh if that's like a hot take. I thought that this episode about Doctor Strange was an infinitely better Doctor Strange story than the Doctor Strange movie. I mean, I could give that uh I I can agree there, which really speaks more about the Doctor Strange movie than it does I think specifically about this sure. episode. But yeah. Um yeah, it's just yeah, I I think that big hang up is just the one that's going to stick with me and it's hard for me to get past the idea of like everything is contingent on his relationship with you know christine um whereas like walter white broke bad not because of his relationship with skylar you know what i mean it's really hard to sell something like this on the concept of love it is it is a writer's tool but it's also one of the laziest writer's tool to be like uh just it all happens because there's someone he's in love with and it's just like because like it's the old thing. Like everyone knows what love is so if you use that as the base of your story everyone's gonna connect not everybody eh. Not everybody knows what love is, Kevin. Jeff Probst is still figuring it out. <laughs> it's an interesting time to bring back Survivor Talk. <laughs> Every loved one's visit. He's still trying yep. to get to the bottom of it. Yeah. Look, tell him, explain to me, what's the love here? <laughs> what, is a, what, is, what is a brother? Uh, what is love? <laughs> Yeah. What if? Um, what anyway. if Jeff Rose knew what love is? <laughs> Back to the point, though, of like, uh, 
of Doctor Strange on Titan, like cycling through all the possible scenarios in Infinity War, I felt uh, I felt closer to Doctor Strange as a character than I've ever felt um, in the MCU at the very least um, in this episode. In no small part because like I feel like we were kind of like invited into that process to a certain degree. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. This like the sequences where like he's like going through and like. Uh, trying and trying and failing and failing to stop Christine from dying this absolute point in time, which is this a spoiler for Dr. Strange two? Cause Rachel McAdams is in that. Is she going to, does she, or is it just in the, I have questions. I think I, I, hopefully you can help me untangle some multiversal stuff because uh, I, got, sure. I, got, I got questions here, but like, I did think that like through that and then like the whole sequence of him, like absorbing people, like, this kind of felt like being in the front row seat with him, um, like in that in that like meditative position of like processing all these different realities. Um, I thought that that was a really cool technique to like kind of like draw you into what it's like to have that vast power at your fingertips that Doctor Strange has. And yet, with all the power being able to do nothing about it, right? I right. think that's that's a compelling case, right? That's like an interesting thing. That's that goes back to like what we were talking about in Superman, right? Like Pa Kent should be dying of a heart attack. That's the only way he needs to go, not by a, a cyclone. Um, but it, it it is something interesting, and it is cool. It does connect you to the character in a way that ties back to that moment in Infinity War, except he did it fourteen million six hundred and five times as opposed to X amount that we see here. Right, but how many did we not see, Kevin? I think I guess that's true. But like, how many times in ways can people can someone die? That's a lot. <laughs> okay, so help me with the multiverse here. Okay, I need I need some I need some help, and I I imagine I'm not the only one. Um, so in this universe, it's a fixed point that uh, it's an absolute point that um that Christine dies. Mm-hmm. In in this particular universe that Doctor Strange inhabits in this episode, so like when in Infinity War, for instance, Doctor Strange is imagining all of the different uh, universes or all the different um, outcomes uh, where there's only one where we successfully beat Thanos. Is he not seeing, like, different universes in the multiverse? No. So what what's being, what he's seeing happen is essentially possibilities of, of how this particular moment can go. It's not necessarily, like, branching into different multiverses, theoretically speaking. Um, it's hard to know exactly without knowing, like, how they treat the multiverse. But it seems that for this particular concept of the multiverse the branches happen at specific fixed like at specific major points is where it's starting to go um every now and then you could get variants but it seems like the breaks happen over specific major things going on in the mcu what he's essentially looking at is within his own timeline all the ways that like your choices you could make that could lead to inevitability but those choices haven't happened yet so when he resets back it's not that he visited okay. all the other universes he was just looking at the potential timeline of this one it's how in, like how in this yeah. that we're looking at she's able to split the potential into two things but it's still contained to like this one universe a very it's bad, complicated but a bit yeah but a very bad casual question from me i think uh i, I think it's so, a good question because this is why multiverse can get complicated for people right it isn't an easy like simple concept well so so then like this is the one that maybe i struggle with a little bit more because like 
Doctor Strange is talk. We're, we're talking about like theoretical stuff in at the end of Infinity War, but in Endgame, they are time traveling, and uh, the time travel rules seem to be not whatever happened happened, but like if you go back in time and you uh, create a circumstance where Loki uh, does not get arrested at the end of the Battle of New York and instead escapes with the Tesseract, um, that he that that he gets to live and gets to have his own adventure and things go and become, you know, awful in, in that regard. And we get some uh, horrible cosmic multiversal war that is breaking out by the end of the thing. So in, in the case of Endgame, when they're like time traveling and they're like interacting with all like they're creating are they creating like splinter timelines within their own universe they're not interacting with the multiverse is so that that's right? what that is what the ancient one was trying to explain that they're creating like essentially splinter timelines right and you need to like return the stones into specific spots in order to stop the timeline from splintering uh, which is what they theoretically did when that all happened but the Loki thing created that that was big enough to create like a literal different branch uh, in reality, it sounds like a variant. And that had to have been erased. And that's what the TVA, uh, I guess, did. OK, it is really confusing and the most uh, the most widely viewed cinematic franchise ever. It's like yeah. going into like really, really, really heady territory that like is starting to like lose me a little bit i do have to admit that i am like mildly concerned about some of this stuff <laughs> i mean i guess that's what that's what happens and it depends on like how you how you mess with it right like it depends on like how you set it up and how you do it because like endgame setting up the idea also posited the idea of like going back in time then creates branches in reality creates their own multiverses but then they had to block that back by doing the loki series to be like well no these weren't multiverses they're still one timeline but at the end of that then we broke time so now there are multiple universes but then it becomes like well if you travel on the same path in your same universe what does that mean there's a lot of that stuff there's nothing here that essentially like i think if you if like you said if you think very long and hard about it there are like mind-breaking moments but on the surface level it's all kind of there and not so much that it like causes too much chaos if that makes sense yeah uh let's do some feedback from folks uh before we shift gears a bit and talk shang chi um this is from the great brendan fitzpatrick who says this episode four it's brutal it's heartbreaking watching Rachel McAdams die over and over, and I'm honestly shocked they got her to do this episode, given how little they gave her to do in the actual movie. Um, and the same that, thing here. <laughs> with with that being said, uh, I feel like uh, it makes sense that they were able to bring her on, uh, considering I think she's going to be in Doctor Strange 2. I'm pretty sure that that is, uh, that that is out there. Also, uh, Rachel McAdams is cool, and she'll say yes and do cool stuff because she's a cool person. <laughs> At least that's my takeaway from this. Uh, I love Rachel McAdams. <laughs> uh, the exceptional Jim Fells writes in and says, so I have to ask, was that actually Mephisto? This is, I think, specifically to trigger you and me, Kevin. I mean, I, I said it when it happened, when he absorbed the creature and he turned red and had the goatee, and I was just like, oh, Jesus Christ, did he just become Mephisto for a minute? Um, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I so I, I, this has nothing to do with Mephisto, but uh, it, do, it does remind me uh, that, you know, like, we get an evil Doctor Strange here, and this is not the first time that Benedict Cumberbatch has played a villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because he what are is you Dormammu. About? What do you He's mean? Dormammu. I don't He's understand. Dormammu. <laughs> He's Dormammu. Uh, 
he does the mocap and the voice for Dormammu in the in the movie and so like there's one way in which I feel like this is like a really cool wink and nod at that right like where it's like a it's like sort of like gesturing at like Cumberbatch doing like the dual role so like we get him doing this dual role again where it's Doctor Strange except this time it's Doctor Strange versus Doctor Strange instead of Doctor Strange versus Dormammu but it is still Cumberbatch on Cumberbatch violence um <laughs> and it made me think though that uh it would really make sense to me to see this evil Doctor Strange be the villain of Doctor Strange 2 and so once again, that the arch villain of the Doctor, like every single one of these movies, is going to have to be Benedict Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch fighting square, Benedict Cumberbatch. Just a, bu- just a cumber, himself. bunch of Cumberbatches, a batch of yeah, Cumberbatches, a batch of Cumber. Uh, exactly. Um, the the legendary Torby. Uh, so many legends here. Uh, mm-hmm. says, wow, this episode was phenomenal. I think it's my favorite episode thus far, says Torby. Um, loved how dark we went here and seeing evil win and the fall of a universe with an undesired outcome. Very emotional ride in dealing with grief and loss. Uh, Torby also adds getting the tinfoil out uh, and wrapping up uh, a hat with it. Um, though I think that we are in uh, the same place here. That was 100% Shuma Gorath, he says, and I'm 100% convinced it was the same monster from episode one. Um, Torby continues, Uatu appearing was a great turn, and I absolutely anticipate this setting his journey up to interfere by the finale. Um, I am on board with that. I think that that is, uh, that is where I'm at with it as well. There's also a question of, is it the same creature that was in both episodes, right? Like, the Uatu is a singular Uatu that exists in all the multiverse uh, that we're watching. So, is Shumagorath the same deal, right? Like, is it just him and it's just the one Shumagorath that essentially exists all throughout the multiverse? It is not multiple, multiply, multiple Shumagorathi? I don't know. Whatever the word is for that. You did it. I feel like that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, from from Zach, hello, Peters, uh, says, wow, that was a turn I did not expect them to take in this show. It was so dark, but I kind of loved it. Uh, the Watcher scolding Strange at the end was great. Uh, yeah, I think that he's going to come. Dumb idiot. I, I love that. I wish this, you stupid no, I just, idiot. Look yeah, at what no, you've done. Jeffrey Wright in my head being just like, you stupid fool. You dumb yeah. idiot. <laughs> Jeffrey Wright's like, you, you total moron. Look at what you've done. Look what you did to the place. You stole fizzy lifting drinks. Uh, uh, Austin, uh, the mesmerizing Austin Smith uh, says, that was an absolute blast. I loved how weird it got, but the underlying gut punch was really fascinating too. And ending on a downer with the direct quote unquote involvement of Uatu to boot was so great. Um, I'm loving how different each episode has been playing with tone and expectations in really interesting ways. That is definitely something Agreed. that I will say for this episode. It's like, and and the, all of the episodes across the board, Kevin, like they have all felt like totally, totally different things. As they should. You yeah. got the multiverse at your fingertips. Go wild. Do crazy. Give us a full yeah. comedy episode. Uh, this cracked me up from Felipe, who's responding to Austin. He says, I love that the Watcher only interacts because the universe is going to collapse anyway. So he's like, I can show up for this and tell him he dumb. <laughs> That's some like Sylvie, Sylvie logic, right? Like just show yeah. up at the apocalypses. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, <laughs> that really cracked me up. Uh, Ryan said, uh, the, what should I say? The spectacular Ryan, the radical Ryan <laughs> says, uh, favorite episode yet. He got so powerful that he could see the watcher. He was actually in it. 
My only complaint was that the Strange versus Strange fight could have been better. It was decent, but still a little too blasty, blasty. I don't know. I actually really liked the Strange versus Strange fight. The cape on cape action. The cape on cape action was my favorite part. The rest of it, I think, didn't work as well for me. I think the action in previous episodes were a little bit better. Uh, but not like by like leaps and bounds. Like the cape on cape was great, and I was just like, oh no, Capey when he died, which was sad. Yeah. Um, one last bit of feedback coming our way from Riley. Riley says, uh, the ridiculous Riley is what I shall say. The prolific Sounds ridiculous right. Riley. Uh, I will add that this episode reminds me a ton of the DC story Tales from the Dark Multiverse, which, uh, which were Elseworlds and what-if kinds of stories where the heroes make the wrong choice and either go evil or dark, and it ultimately leads to the end of that universe. This felt like the MCU version of those issues. Uh, yeah, I mean, I get that reference, and I totally see that. Uh, I'm not the hugest fan of the Dark Multiverse, but it's exactly that. Like, it is the reverse, like, multiverse where everything essentially ends up bad and evil. So every hero goes bad, and essentially the universes exist just to crumble upon themselves, which is an interesting concept. Uh, and I totally see that, like, lining up here with that, because this was just as dark as some of that stuff. Um, Kevin, anything else about what if this week, uh, that you want to, to get into before we start talking a little bit about Shang-Chi? Uh, no, I mean, it was again, like overall it, it wasn't my favorite episode, but I still really enjoyed it. The big hang up, of course, being, but the relationship thing, but there was a lot in there that was really cool. The show continues to excel for me. I I'm it's, it's yeah, it's my favorite that we've had so far because it's exactly what I want it to be. So I'm really happy about that um and i'm excited about what's come next week i love these little teases i love that like we don't find out until like two days before what the next episode is going to be so that's really fun for me um and i get jazzed about that sort of stuff uh for the first time ever i'm happy that i'm watching a weekly show which is unusual i love to hear it um all right well let us begin the process of shifting over and talking about something little bit different even though it is still marvel cinematic universe before we do let's take a quick second to thank our sponsors for this episode of post show recaps those are our friends over at geico do you own or rent your home sure you do and i bet it could be hard work you know it's easy bundling policies with geico geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy it's a good thing too because you already have so much to do around your home go to geico.com get a quote and see how much you could save it's geico easy Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Let's get in to Shang-Chi, Kevin. Uh, it has been, uh, I, I was going to say a minute. It's been uh, about two months at this point. Yeah, it has not been as long. Yeah, since we have had a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. And honestly, has... they're going to come fast. They're fast and furious uh, for, for, for the rest of them. But it has been, uh, it definitely has been a minute, more than a minute, since we have had uh, a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie that is totally debuting uh, not just a brand new main character, but like an entirely different different like wing of the MCU, a whole different set of main characters um, doing something really different than what we have seen before. That's what's happening here with Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, directed by Destin Daniel Cretton, starring Simu Liu, uh, Aquafina, Tony Lung is in this, uh, Michelle Yeoh is in this, like, this, uh, Wong is here, apparently Abomination is here as well, I don't know, that's what the trailer tells us, uh, I'm excited, I, I guess as I'm saying these words, I am probably like, 
slightly less than uh, 24 hours away from 24 having, hours. Yeah, boop, boop, Jack boop. Bowers is coming with me. CTO Almeida. Uh, that I am, uh, I think I'm, I'm like 20, right now I'm like 21 hours away from watching the movie. Uh, I'm pretty uh, hyped, Kevin. I don't know how you're feeling. Uh, I'm pretty excited. I mean, I'm excited for this movie. I mean, like for Rep Sweats alone, you know, obviously you're going to go see it opening weekend. Uh, but I have to say this, something about this movie that got me a little excited and I don't know how I feel and I'm nervous at the same time. So, um, we had, uh, someone write into us, uh, Mark P to tell us, tell, to watch something all hail the King, something I did not know what it was. And then I went to Disney plus and it was there and suggested to be like, Hey, watch this. Um, like the timing of it was weird. Cause I, I saw it on Disney plus and then I saw this message and I was like, Oh, this is so odd how it lined up because I had no idea this thing existed. I saw it on Disney plus and I was like, what is this? I clicked on it, came out in 2014, and there's this 13-minute short about yes. Trevor from Iron Man 3, the guy who Correct. pretended to be the Mandarin. And so I'm sitting there watching this, like, what is this? And then I guess to the end, and I was just like, wait, but this was like six years ago. So I can't imagine, like, is this going to tie in? Are we going to get Trevor? Are we going to see Trevor die? Like, uh, it's just one of those moments that I was like, so, like, what the hell? And then I saw that email like almost like fortuitous. I was like, oh, holy crap. Like, so this, like, it was just one of those moments where I saw it and then I saw the email telling me to watch it. I was like, well, I just did. So I guess I should talk about this fact that, um, yeah, I had no idea. I had no idea about this thing. I was very delighted though when I saw it. I saw this once upon a while. Uh, it was, uh, it came out on, I think the, the Thor, the dark world DVD back when they were still doing one shots, they've like stopped doing these. These are not a thing that they do anymore. Maybe like, I don't know. I think like Disney plus is probably going to be the venue to replace some of this stuff. Um, but yeah, I remember seeing it that like, this was like for all the people who were disappointed by the Trevor twist in Iron Man three, who like if you you know like it is important like he was he was billed as the Mandarin and then he's not the Mandarin, uh, and this is like the payoff of like the Ten Rings uh, like terrorist cell that you hear about all the way back in the original Iron Man, uh, and this movie that's coming out Shang Chi um, is allegedly dealing with. Uh, the Ten Rings legacy and like what that actually is. Well, the uh, name of it already has right it in there, there in the title, um, and the Mandarin as well, and like kind of like humanizing the character and like actually letting you in on like what is up with that guy who has been, uh, let's call it a tricky character for Marvel to adapt. I think has uh, uh, has really borne out in the in the decade plus uh, since these movies have have started coming out. Um, I don't know if or how this connects to the Mandarin's previous Iron Man appearances. I hope it doesn't connect that hard. I would really love for this to be its own thing as much as possible, but I do think that there is, like, an inevitability to which, like, this is going to have to, like, address some of the ways in which uh, the Mandarin and the Ten Rings have been depicted previously in the MCU. Um, like, it's almost going to be awkward if they don't. But I also think that it's just like the everything is connected man stuff is like definitely uh, is definitely always a factor uh, in the MCU stuff. So I expect we'll get some some to do with that. But look, I'm going to be pretty happy if it's like if the action is dope, if the if the if the comedy hits um, and if the characters are great, like I think like 
that's really all I need. I don't really need much more than that. I feel like it should be able to deliver on all of that stuff. I don't know. I'm excited. I know very, very little about Shang-Chi as a comic book character. My former colleague at Inverse.com, um, Eric Francisco, who's an incredible writer, um, has... Um, Maybe you've seen them. Uh, I, I know they've been making the rounds. Um, these really great deep dives into like the history of Shang Chi and like uh, the racist tropes that like the creation of the character like played into way back in the day, and the ways in which the filmmakers are trying to uh, to like break away from that and redefine the character. Really, really compelling reads. I'll make sure to link to them in the show notes in case you haven't read that stuff before. Uh, I think Eric just did an incredible job there, uh, and so I think like there's there's a lot of history that's coursing through the veins of this story. Um, but like, I personally don't have like a ton of familiarity with the character. So I don't know for me, Kevin, to like some extent, this is like sort of like blank page type stuff. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is one of those territories similar to me as well, where like I was familiar with the character. I knew of the character, but I never really kept up with this character. It was like deep dived into it, especially because the character was really prominent during like the seventies uh, and eighties way before I was born. Um, and was, like, one of those, like, you know, exploitation-type characters that were huge at the time from Luke Cage and stuff like that, you know? Um, so I never really got into the character that much, so this is going to be an interesting journey for me as well to, like, kind of really delve into that and learn a bit more about, um, about Shang-Chi. Uh, what I do like about this, and would have been nervous otherwise, is because, like, part of you, right, is like, oh, God, another origin story, for like another superhero but very much clear from the trailers is that this isn't that because he's well aware of his history it looks like like he was raised and like decided to leave that lifestyle at least from what it seems in the trailer so i like that we're just not going to have the same typical beat by beat for example like we got in doctor strange where we're watching another origin story that almost follows the same typical patterns uh for this character so i'm really pumped about that fact that we're just not going to get more of the same that it is going to be different just in his dna so I'm really uh, happy about that. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, especially also, again, just looking forward to like a different Marvel movie, something new. We talked to death about the Black Widow of it all and how it just made zero sense to me. Uh, but this is something new. This is something different. This feels like a real Phase 4 movie, right? Like a real journey into like what's next in the MCU. It feels like this is the moment it's going to happen. So I'm really pumped about that part of it as well. This this opening up of, of a new chapter uh, into what was like one of the greatest like you know first trilogies that we've or uh, first part of a trilogy i don't know what they're doing or what the what the sensible break in but that thanos saga right like the infinity saga was just so good so i'm excited to see them delve into this new uh this new part yeah me as well um i so i i i haven't watched a ton of kim's convenience uh but i've what seen I all of it what what I have seen, like I really really enjoyed, and I really it's really great. liked Simu Liu. Um, can you like speak to that at all? Like as somebody who you've seen a lot of his work at this point, uh, like embodying that character on that show. Uh, like what what's like sort of like the scouting report of of him as an actor? Oh, I mean, like that's that's it's such a weird thing, right? Because like Kim's Convenience is like Shit's Creek, where it has this like certain um like air about it this like po like great positivity that i really like but it's also like very much a comedy and so it is odd because like his character in kim's convenience is a bit of a dummy um and and not exactly like you know like uh, a superhero fighter so it, it is something very very different it is it is a completely different character he's about to play in this it looks like 
That said, you talked about the comedy parts of it. He's very funny uh, and very attractive. So those parts, I think, are going to be able to translate really well, I think, into the movie. So that I'm less worried about. I think he has that comedy chops. I think he has a comedy landing part. And honestly, like, I think he could probably handle the rest of it. So I'm not super worried uh, in that regard. Honestly, I just want more from everyone in, in Kim's Convenience. I hope they all get something. Put them all in the MCU. Just bring them all in. It's fine. Uh, not as gang, their yeah. characters, just, you know, different characters. Uh, because obviously also more representation is good. So uh, I am also, I, I love Aquafina. Uh, like huge crush, so uh, I'm really pumped to see to see her in this movie. Uh, like every time she's in something, I'm like, oh man, Aquafina. So I'm really happy about that. This has been great. Where like I don't know, uh, I don't know what to expect. Like I've I've really like dodged a lot about the film. Uh, like I have not been like reading about it too too much beyond those articles I mentioned. Uh, I watched the trailer, but like I like I watched it the one time. Um, I have not like done the deep dive enough into like the character stuff to like have like a, a like a serious grasp on who everybody's playing necessarily. So like as far as Aquafina is concerned, like I'm like totally in the dark about what her character is going to be. Um, but I love that she's in the MCU. Well, doesn't that feel good though? Like yes. that, this is why yes. I do this, right? Like this is what yes. I try to avoid because you go yes. in with this like blank slate, even for the character. Because I tried not to like go in and read a bunch about the character beforehand because it also will give me like this like uh a first time experience like when you when i went in to watch like iron man or cap or black panther like i knew so much about them already that it was just kind of like i loved experiencing it but part of your head is also just like ooh, i think i know what they're about to do here whereas this is going to be something like completely different and unexpected in, in a lot of ways and that's really exciting like honestly like there's a part where uh, you know you see a dragon for a hot second and i'm like is that fing fing foo um, right. which I don't even know what that means if it is. So I'm like, I'm really, unless he's wearing shorts, in which case, yes. But, uh, you know, there, there's all that aspects to it that are going to surprise me. And I'm really pumped. Um, and it's very different. Like I'm really excited for this in the same way. I'm really excited for Spider-Man, but for Spider-Man, there's so much there that I know just from knowing Spider-Man. Right. And so like, it, it is such a contrast and this is what I try to do. This is why I try to avoid stuff, even for things that I know, like Spider-Man and everything else. Although, again, watching the trailer for everyone live was very fun, so I hope you all appreciate it. I really appreciated it. Okay, so we will talk more Shang-Chi next week. This was the preview, and next time around, we are going to give you the rundown from a full spoiler perspective. And we'll give you like the, the very clear heads up so that you don't listen um, if you are not yet able to see the movie, which is obviously deeply understandable. Mm -hmm. I think it sucks that it's not on Disney plus. Um, I think that movies should probably be on streaming right now. Uh, that is my feeling. Obviously there are a lot of complicated reasons um, why that is not always the case for absolutely everything. Is it, uh, isn't it just money? Isn't that the reason <laughs> it's always just money? Well, money is like the, the easiest way to reduce that for sure. Yes. A hundred percent. But then there's all the different players involved in the stuff. And so like all of the complicated relationships and dynamics that go on through the central conceit that is indeed money. Money. Capitalism. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, patreon.com slash. <laughs> Give us your money. 
That's it. That's all I'll do on that. I won't say anymore. <laughs> the irony, good, the wonderful irony. Good enough. Good enough. Uh, Kevin, um, what else do you want to shout out before we wrap up the podcast this week? Uh, follow me at Kev Mahadeo. Um, definitely, look, I mean, Josh plugged it, but like, do sign up for the Patreon if you can at that $5 level. I would love for you guys to check out YA. It's such a fun show. We have a blast doing it. Uh, it's incredible it's really yeah and especially top of the month right like we're just starting so you got the first episode for free where we talked about the first episode of hunger games we're really excited to dive into the rest of it uh one last thing i want to say about it is that i understand why people maybe didn't want to dive in for twilight but i after watching essentially six weeks straight of bad movies it was such a change to watch what was a good movie so like that's hunger games really excited to continue with it yeah Uh Hunger Games is great. I don't think that I ever finished the the film series. I've read all the books, but I don't know so, that I finished uh, Mockingjay. I don't think I saw I the mentioned, one. I mentioned this in the podcast. I had never read Mockingjay, and I also had not watched the last movie. I am currently in the process of reading Mockingjay. I reread the first two books already. So this is my first time reading Mockingjay. It'll be my first time watching that last movie. So this would be very exciting just to experience that for the first time as well. Uh, beyond that, you can check out on Tuesdays, uh, on different Tuesdays, you could uh, go to twitch.tv slash dmphilly, where Josh and I every now and then play a game called Dragonfly uh, that's really exciting. It's a D&D in space, and on Sundays, you can also check that out, that channel, twitch.tv slash dmphilly, where uh, I play Kings of Neon, which is a uh, RPG set in a um man a heart like 80s inspired mythological type world it's really interesting it's really fun it's really cool so check those out uh if you are able yes uh absolutely i love i love all things twitch.tv slash dm philly you will be hearing from uh from rich aka dm philly on everything is super uh in i think it's going to be about two months from now uh is what it looks like on the calendar something around the end of october is what we are looking at for a rather epic everything is super episode but we will leave the details not they're not quite under lock and key we've definitely talked about it a little bit here and there but now that like it's an actual thing You'll have to go back to the archives and see if you can hear what we were talking about. Otherwise, yeah, see if we can piece together the clues. Uh, we left you it, all the clues, Mister Policeman. But it'll be oh god, uh, <laughs> remember that? Uh, but it'll be, <laughs> what was that movie called? The Snowman. The Snowman. Yeah, yeah, I think it was the Snowman. Unbelievably ridiculous. All right, well, we've got some fun stuff coming your way. On everything is super is the point, and we have that coming your way. Some fun stuff as soon as next week, as we're going to talk about week five of What If, and we are also going to give you the full spoiler take on all things Shang-Chi. Until then, everybody, take care. Bye-bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.